0: Well, our communion meditation comes to us today from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 17. 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 14. For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the, f- according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Let us pray. Dear most holy and gracious Father, thank you for this, your word. Thank you for your love. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for making us alive that we may live for you. Uh, Thank you for creating in us a new creation. Lord God, uh, as I bring this word, please keep my mouth from error. Please let it bless this, your people now, as we prepare to come and dine with you at your table. I ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, my purpose this morning is not so much to give an exact exposition of these verses, but rather I would just like to share with you some specific thoughts on how I believe this passage can and should inform our attitudes and our heart response to God and towards one another as we prepare to observe the Lord's table. And the first thing I would like to look at is our attitude of obedience to God when observing the table. Now, I believe that we observe the table, and rightly so, because Christ commanded it. He said, do this in remembrance of me. And it is right that we should obey the commands of Christ out of fear and reverence for him as our king. Paul recognizes the same motivation for obedience earlier in the same chapter of 2 Corinthians. He speaks of knowing the terror of the Lord as being a motivation for his apostolic work. But here in verse 14 of 2 Corinthians, he speaks of a different motivation for obedience, love. He says that the love of Christ compels. The love of Christ was a compelling force in Paul's obedience to Christ in his ministry. So I'd just like to ask, are we compelled by the love of Christ to come to this table? What would that look like? Well, first, I do not think that we should approach the table out of a mere sense of duty, nor should we become so familiar with coming to the table that we allow our hearts to become dull to the majesty of dining at the table of our King, dining with the Son of God. Let us have the proper heart response of love and adoration to Christ, and remember that we love Him Because he first loved us. And furthermore, by this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. This is what we remember at this table Christ loving us and laying down his life for us. So let us approach the table praising God that we have even been given the gift of knowing his love in the first place, that we have been enabled by his love to offer Christ love and adoration in return. Now, returning to our passage and picking up in verse 15, Paul writes this, And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Let us be reminded as to what this table represents, Christ's death and resurrection. resurrection. And let us remember the purpose for which Christ died for us. To reconcile us to God eternally, yes, of course, but also to give us new life in Him here and now on this earth. To put the death, put to death the old man such that we stop living to ourselves and give us new life in Him so that we may live for Him. Matthew Henry wrote that we should not make ourselves but Christ the end of our living and actions. And it was one end of Christ's death to cure us of this self-love and to excite us away, or excuse me, excite us to always to act under the commanding influence of his love. A Christian's life should be consecrated to Christ. And then do we live as we ought to live when we live to Christ who died for us. At this table, we have the opportunity and the privilege to remember the price that was paid for us, and we have the opportunity and the privilege to reaffirm, to renew our commitment to live for Christ. Let us remember that Christ died for us, that we may live for Him. Now, continuing in verse 16 of our passage, the Scripture says this, "'Therefore, from now on, we regard regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know Him thus no longer. Hmm. This brings me to my third point, that this is a communal meal with the body of blood-bought believers. Yes, when we take this meal, when you take this meal personally, you are affirming that your sins have been buried with Christ, they've been buried with His death, and that you have been raised to new life. But again, this is a community meal. And when you take it, you are also affirming that as far as you know, every other participant has also had their sins buried with Christ. That they too have been raised to new life and have been adopted as fellow sons and daughters and heirs with Christ. So do your thoughts and your actions towards your fellow believers in this congregation, those whom you are sharing this meal with, reflect that? Are you regarding your fellow believers according to the Spirit or according to the flesh? Are you focusing on the outward appearance, the faults that you might find, or the annoyances that you might have with a brother or a sister? Or are you regarding that brother or sister as God the Father does, washed with the blood of Christ? Now, my purpose is not, nece- is not for asking this; is not necessarily to point anyone out in the congregation. But if you're like me, I know that I have personally taken this meal, this meal that commemorates the peace, the peace of God that God made with me through the blood of Christ, it reminds me of the cost of that peace. I have taken that meal while being at odds in my heart with a fellow brother or sister, a fellow believer, and that was wrong of me, and something that I must repent of. So, as we come to this table this morning, let us not regard our brothers and sisters according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, finally, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new." We are identified with Christ, our King, both in His death and His resurrection. In Christ's death, the old man, and with it the old things, have passed away. In Christ's resurrection, we have been made new. We have been made a new creation. And all things, our thoughts, our attitudes, our actions and abilities, all things have become new. Again, Matthew Henry writes that regenerating grace... Creates a new world in the soul. All things are new. The renewed man acts from new principles, by new rules, with new ends, and a new company. So, this morning, if you are still holding on to some of those old things, still holding on to some of those old ends or old principles, if you are still holding on to the burden of sin this morning, lay them at the foot of the cross as you come to this table. Lay it at the foot of the cross and remember that you are a new creation, that your sins have been wiped clean by the blood of Christ. And as we we, um, read in our uh, Westminster, or not Westminster, but the Heidelberg Confession this morning, that God sees us exactly as if we had perfectly obeyed the law of Christ, as Christ did. Let us praise God for this wonderful thing, that God has taken away our sins by the blood of Christ, and through the life of Christ, he has imputed Christ's own righteousness to us. Remember that we are a new creation, and let us recommit ourselves to living for Christ. So let us simply remember these things as we come to the table this morning. Let us remember that Christ died and rose for us, that we should not passively ride out our ticket to heaven, but so that we could be compelled by the love of Christ to put off the old man and to put on the new, that we would not live for ourselves, but live for Christ and live in service to our fellow blood-bought believers. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this reminder this morning. Thank you for making peace with us the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for creating in us a new man, a new heart that we may be renewed to follow you as we ought. Strengthen us now as as we come to the table. Renew us by your grace and help us to go forward from this place uh, recommitted to living for you, I ask in Jesus' name, amen.